want you to take your Bibles and I want you to turn with me. John chapter 21. John chapter 21. All right, John chapter 21, last gospel, last page. All right, we're in a series right now called Horizontal Church. Horizontal Church. And we're talking about this way. Talking about between, not between me and Jesus or me and the preacher or me and the music, me and you, the people that sit and the people that are part of the body. Horizontal Church. All righty. How many of you know that if you love somebody, it should cause something to happen? Okay, three of us know that. If I say that I love my wife, I maybe think I might ought to call her once in a while. Go see her. Talk to her. I maybe know if you love your wife, you ought to buy her something. I can't get an amen out of that. If you love your wife, you ought to buy her something. If I don't ever call her or talk to her or want nothing to do with her and I say I love her, you're going to wonder whether I love her or not, aren't you? I maybe know that let, the scripture says, let us not love in word but indeed, you don't just say you love somebody. There's got to be something. If you really love something, got to be something with it. That not only applies to your wife. Does anybody here love Jesus? Woo, you just set yourself up. All right, here's the verse we're looking at for this period. John 21, 16. John 21, 16. Jesus said a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, what's the answer? Either, either you love Jesus or you don't. Be honest about it. Don't, don't be well sorted. You either got to love him or you don't. All right, if you do love him, what did Jesus say? He said, yes. And what did Jesus say to him? Tend my sheep. Tend my sheep. If you tell me you love Jesus, I should be able to follow you and watch you do what? Tend my, now listen, sitting beside people, you know, we're talking about sheep, we're talking about his people here. Sitting beside people and even hanging out with people, that's not tending people. What does it mean to tend somebody? Well, if a shepherd tends his sheep, he's what? How do I know you love Jesus? What did Jesus say? I'm going to watch the way you take care of his people. And we won't look at it, but the other verse in this series is John 13, 34, 35, where Jesus said this, I'm fixing to leave. Here's my commandment. Love one another. The way I've loved you, by this, the world will know you're my people when they see how you love each other. All right, so if you tell me you love Jesus, do I need to look for a bumper sticker on the back of your car or the fact that you don't smoke, drink, cuss, burp, all that stuff? What should I be looking for? The way you treat people. I'm not gonna ask my questions again. I did it two weeks in a row, but finally got it right. I don't, I don't care what makes your marriage is not how big your house is. You can have a big house or a little house. You, you can have be, have be rich or poor. That's not what makes a marriage. What makes a marriage is the way you treat one another. Would you agree? All right. It's not about how big your church is or how polished your preacher is or how, whether you got disco lights and fog machines or not. Churches are made by the way we treat each other. It's the way we interact with each other. That's everything in life. It's the way we treat each other. It's the way we interact with each other. So that's what we're talking about is the horizontal church. First week, we talked about receiving one another. I love to see very messed up, screwed up, evil, sinful people in my church. Oh, I should be excited here, shouldn't I? <laughs> Jesus is the friend of sinners. 
He loves them. Second week, last week, we looked at honoring people and edifying one another, building people up. Jesus said this, if you want one thing more than anything else, build each other up. Thank you. That builds me up when you answer me. Makes me think you've gone to sleep early when you don't answer. Today, all right, today we're going to talk about, and this is in your bulletin there. Got the little list there. Today we're going to talk about the one that says serve one another. Serve one another. And uh, there are two verses. I'm just going to quote one. We're going to look at the other one. I want to quote to you the first one. I'll just quote it to you. Galatians 5.13 says this. You have been called to freedom, brethren. Remember, before we come to Jesus, we've been set free. Okay, good. You've been called to freedom. Listen to the rest of it. Don't use your freedom to act like an idiot. Look it up. Don't use your freedom to act like an idiot. But use it through love to serve one another. How many of you believe we ought to serve the Lord? Come on, guys. How many believe you ought to serve the Lord? You can't do it. You can't even get what we're going to try. Amen. Here's the deal. You can't even get to him. He's in heaven. How are you going to serve him? Matthew 12, excuse me, Matthew 25, 40. As you've done it to the least of these, my brethren, you've done it. But one way you can serve Jesus, look at the person beside you and say, you're him. Well, I'd look back at him and say, well, what do you want, Doc? (laughs) The only way you can serve, we serve one another. Now, listen, we're going to talk today about spiritual gifts. Everybody that's a born-again believer has got one. I want you to see this, 1 Peter 4.10. Look with me, 1 Peter 4.10. This is going to be new to some, even if you've been in church for years, this is going to be new to you today. But I just want you to ask one question. Am I seeing it in the Bible or is he making this stuff up? 1 Peter 4.10. All right, now here's the kind. First Peter 4.10, as each one, what does each one mean? Is that every person? As each one has received a gift. How many of you believe that every believer has been given a gift? All right, there it is. As each one's received a gift, minister it to who? One another. What did the Bible say? Every person, the moment you come to Jesus, the Holy Spirit of God puts us, it's called a spiritual gift inside of you. We're going to look at them in a minute, and I want you to find yours before you get out of here today. A spiritual gift goes inside of you. Everybody's given one. They're all different. What are you supposed to do with that gift? Number one, find it and then do what with it? Use it on each other. Use it on each other. Use that spiritual gift. How many of you know your spiritual gifts? Anybody know your spiritual gifts? Okay, good. Some do. We're going to get all that done today. The Bible says that you've got a spiritual gift. Use it for one another. I don't want you to turn me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 where the Bible talks about spirit gifts. Now, listen to me. This is not talent, dear ones. When you're born again, the Spirit of God comes inside of you. If if Jesus didn't come inside of you, you're not born again yet. But when he comes in, he puts a spirit gift in every person, and it's different person to person. It's not a talent. It's the Spirit of God actually working through you. And you're going to see that in Scripture, and everybody's got it. We need to identify it. Let's look at a few verses. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1. Concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Well, see, most people are ignorant of spiritual gifts. What did the Bible say? I want you to know about this stuff. Verse 4. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. Verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to who? Does it say each one or every man? All right, the Bible tells me in verse 7 that the Holy Spirit gives a gift to each one. Verse 4 tells me it is different in each person. It's the same Holy Spirit, but it'll be different inside of each person. Now, why does he give us that gift? Let's read verse 7. 
The Bible said the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the what? To help people, profit of all. All right, so the Bible tells me every believer's got a spiritual gift. He put it in there. It's actually him working through you. Yours won't be like mine. You got differences. We're going to look at the whole list in a minute. They're different. Tell me the purpose of spiritual gifts. I use them to do what? Profit or help people. Serve people and help people. So I got my gift. I want to use it to help people. I want to use it to build folks up. Let's look in, uh, look in verse 11 with me. The Bible says this. One in the same spirit works all these things, distributing to who? I want to keep pointing out everybody's got one. The American church is usually built on about three people's gifts. You've got a pastor or a, a teacher, as I am. You might have a gifted worship leader. What does the Bible say? Each one has a gift. It's given the gift to each one. Verse 11, each one distributing to each one individually as who wills? Who gets to pick your spiritual gift? He does. Now see, if I had my way, there's a couple of really flashy gifts I'd like to have. I don't have them. I wish I did have them because they're pretty impressive. Maybe that's why I don't have them. But I, don't, I didn't get to pick my gifts. I, had to, I just stumbled across them and found out what they were. And when I use them, they work. They help people. When I try to use gifts I don't have, people just go, what's he doing? Only my gifts will work in me. Only yours will work in you. They'll be to build people up. And the scripture says to give them to each one. Look with me in verse 18. God has set the members in the body, each one just as he pleased. And then the scriptures talk about different gifts and whatnot. All righty. We're going to look at these gifts for just a minute here. I'm going to go through the entire, there's three lists in the Bible. We're going to look at each one of them. Yours will be in there somewhere. Now, everybody's got to have at least one. I have about four, three or four. And I want you to find at least your primary gift. I want you to identify it. And then I want you to take the lid off of it and get with it and use it. So let's help people. Aren't right, you ready? Now I'm going to go through these pretty quick. Later on, we'll go through them at length. We don't have time today, but the lists are in 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, and Romans 12. So let's look in 1 Corinthians 4 at the gifts. Begin, excuse me, 1 Corinthians 12 at the gifts. And uh, <clears throat> before I read it, I guess I need to say this. I don't know what your background is. I don't know what your religious spiritual background is. Many religious groups hold that some spiritual gifts passed away that they're not for today. Some hold that they all passed away. I don't believe that. I don't see anywhere in the Bible that says spiritual gifts passed away. They're tools that are needed to help people. And, uh, you know, not, the Bible talks about these spiritual gifts being to, to us what the different parts of my body, physical body are to me. Now, I got a hand, I got a foot, I got an eye, I got an ear, I got a liver. None of them are alike, but they all serve one purpose. Help the boy, help the boy. If you know, if my liver quit, I don't care how great your hand is. All right. That's the picture the Bible paints. We need every, it says every member doing its part. Well, if my liver gets back, goes bad. I can't tell my foot liver to replace the liver, do the liver part. My foot can't do my liver part. My eye can't do my ear part. You understand what I'm saying? You're going to see this is what the scripture teaches. This is why churches are so weak. We're running on about three gifts. We need all the gifts operating to build the church. All right, let's look at the list. And uh, begins in verse eight, I believe it is. Yes, it begins in verse eight. First Corinthians 12, eight. To one is given, is called, number one is the word of wisdom. And again, I'm going to have to be pretty quick with these. The word of wisdom, it's not wisdom like you get old and you get smart. This is a word of wisdom. And it's when you have a Holy Spirit gift, wisdom is knowing what to do 
at the right time. And boy, do we need wisdom in the land today. People will be having problems, church having problems, family having problems. Nobody knows what to do. And a person with a gift of wisdom, God will speak through them and say, do this right here. And it'll be the exact thing that you want done. The second one mentioned there is called the word of knowledge. And it's different. It's when God speaks something that nobody else could have known through a person to help them. To help them. I've seen this many times. Somebody will come up to me once in a while and say, God told me that you're praying about something and this is what you asked him and that he wants you to know that he's on the way. And there's no way they could have known that because nobody knew it except me and God. There's no way they could have known that unless he'd have told them. Now I could have believed from the Bible he'd answer my prayer, but gifts are given to build people up. And a lot of times the word of knowledge is used in healing. Some, I've been in service where, where a guy, who, person who has this gift or a gift of healing, they'll just say, somebody right over here I just found out last week that you have cancer. Who is it? And somebody will go, that happened to me. I hadn't told anybody yet. That's a word of knowledge so the Lord can help people like that. But it's when the Lord just speaks through people things to help other people. Word of knowledge, verse eight. And same spirit, verse nine, to another, faith. There's a spirit gift called faith. Now everybody's got faith. You know how I know that? Because the Bible says God has imparted to every person a measure of faith. You couldn't have got saved if you didn't have faith. Everybody's got faith. Everybody's faith can grow. But this is a spiritual gift called faith. It's one of my gifts. And it's where you, you just can believe God so easy. You can't not believe him. You just have this ability to believe. And when you speak, it imparts faith to people. Somebody be going through a difficult place. They'll be suffering. And all of a sudden you'll just speak and say, God's going to do something in that case. And something in here will just go. And they'll just go, he is, he is. The gift of faith imparts faith for people to know God's going to help them. That's a tremendous gift, of course, that we need in the body. Next to the same spirit, to another, the gifts of healing. Now there are people who have the gifts of healing. We'll talk about this in a little bit. And anybody can pray for somebody to be healed. But certain people have a gift of healing. And if that's you, your, your heart is unusually bent toward people that are sick and suffering. Uh, you, you just, when somebody's suffering, your heart just goes, I'm not talking about natural compassion. I'm talking about a Holy Spirit thing where you, you and you just want to see, you just, you, you gravitate toward the sick because you want to pray for them. And that there is a God given gift of healing, which Christ knows we need in the church today. All right. The Bible talks about verse 10 to another working of miracles. Miracles is usually closely related to healing. It's usually an ongoing miracle where somebody gets help. It might be a financial miracle or something of that nature to another prophecy. Now this prophecy is not the one of 1 Corinthians 14 where the Bible said you may all prophesy to build each other up. This is a forth telling prophecy. These are people who have a gift to, from God to tell things that are coming down the road to help people. Listen to me. It always helps people. We've got a lot of bad prophesying going on these days. It's not helping people. Lady said, I, go, I went to this group and these ladies are prophesying. They prophesied that my husband was going to die. I said, find you another group to hang around with. Find you another group to hang around with. I'll be right back. Has anybody got the gift of healing? Could use right now. Prophecy. It, prophecy is to forth tale. It's, to, it's from the Lord to say, this is what's going to happen. The next one is called discerning of spirits. It's a gift that I have. Discerning of spirits is the ability to look into a situation and tell you what spirit's there. This is the Holy Spirit working. This is an evil spirit working or there's no spirit here at all. This is just human activity. 
And we need that desperately today because we got some crazy stuff going on in the land. All right, the Bible goes on to say this. It mentions the different kinds of tongues. Now, tongue is the ability to speak out of your spirit. Out of your spirit, you speak, and it's a language you don't know, and it is a message from the Lord. And the next one, of course, is interpretation of tongues. Don't do you any good to hear it unless you can interpret it. And it's, but it's when God speaks a message, listen to me, I, I don't mean to be unkind. We've got a lot of Pentecostal babbling going on today in tongues that is not of the spirit. I'm not being unkind, but quit burning the ground until you know it's Jesus. Now here's the deal. It, and it is legitimate gift. If you ever hear anybody give a message in tongues in a small group or whatever and interpret it, you will go, that was God right there. I mean, the, your spirit will just go, that was him right there. And it's, it is, it is again, it's for what now? What? It's not to pronounce judgment and death. It is to build people up. And it's to, all these gifts are to build people up and to help people. All right, the scripture goes on to, if you'll jump down, verse 27 is where it picks it up again. Verse 28. Now listen, some of these overlap. So we're only going to mention a few in here. He's appointed these in the church, apostles, prophets, teachers. We'll get that in a minute. It mentions miracles and healings. Again, there are two in here that are not mentioned in the other lists. And they're the gifts of helps and administration. There is a Holy Spirit gift called helps. Get, now guess what you want to do if you got that gift? If you got the gift of helps, you want to, you want to help. You say, what do you mean help? It is a Holy Spirit gift. Have you ever been around somebody like they just want to clean up? I mean, they go into a house where somebody's suffering. They just want to work in the kitchen, clean up. If you got this gift, you work in the kitchen on Wednesday night. You say, no, let me tell you something. This is a spiritual gift. It's the word, sir. I know, but my wife's got this gift. She just, I'm glad she does. Jesus loves me, this I know. And people, they just want to serve other people in the common ways. They're the ones who want to cook. They want to clean. They want to get things together. They're just always pecking around doing something. And they enjoy it. You know how I know it's not my gift? I mean, they feed on this thing. They love to do it. I'll say, You'll go, they'll be doing it. I say, sweetheart, sit down. I'm, I'm just, they just love it. That is a, that's not a spiritual gift. That is a spiritual gift. You read it right there. What's the gift of administration? They'll walk in, they want to organize the place. They're the ones who want to get everything ready. We'll get the place lined up. We'll get the thing lined up. We'll have the right people at the right time. We'll get everything. They're the organizers. They keep things in order and keep it running. And they're just wired like this. Just their, it's their thing. They just love that kind of stuff. Let me tell you something. You say, well, that's a business manager. That is a spiritual gift. God's spirit put it in people to do that. All right, I want you to turn with me to Ephesians chapter four. In Ephesians chapter four is a list of the five-fold minister gifts. All right, you got Ephesians four. Let's see what the scripture says here. Dear ones, Jesus is the whole gift. Jesus is the body. And the Bible said when Jesus went back to glory, he gave his gifts and distributed them among his people. That's in Ephesians 4, verse 7. To each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when Jesus ascended on high, Ephesians 4, 8, he led captivity captive. And he did what? He gave gifts to people. And then it mentions some gifts. Verse 11, he gave some, not everybody, to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. What's the next verse say? To build up. 
to equip the saints to build up. Now, those are the five-fold ministry gifts. A person that has the gift of an apostle, that is a person that oversees a broad range. I mean, they might oversee a hundred churches and they plant churches and they oversee the pastors. That, that's apostolic. Right, the, a prophet, again, we've already seen that. That's the person who... They are the eye of the body of Christ. They can see what's getting in there. It's going to hurt it. They can keep an eye out for things that are coming. You know, the Bible has many books that are prophetic in it. Now, the evangelist, that's a person, uh, they eat, breathe, and sleep. Everybody needs to get saved. That's all they can They go in a restaurant. They can't eat for looking around wondering, I wonder if they're saved. I wonder if they know Jesus. They're not. They hadn't been taught that. The Holy Spirit has wired them like that. And, and they also have a gift to lead people to Jesus. My best buddy for years, he's the most anointed evangelist. I can take 30 minutes and explain the gospel and two out of three people will walk off. He can say, let me ask you a question. People start crying and get saved. He didn't even get to finish. It's just a spiritual gift. And these people, they're always wondering, I wonder if they know Jesus. Their heart just beats for people to be saved. God gave some to be evangelists. And some people stand in what they call a pastor's office, but they're really evangelists. And we, we've got evangelists in our church. That's all they study is just people getting saved. God gave them that. It's a spiritual gift. And then it mentions the pastor. This is one of the most, I'm, I don't want to take just a minute. We call the guys who lead churches in America, we call them pastors. That's not scriptural. The actual biblical word for people who lead churches is bishop. They should be called bishops. Because you've got a lot of guys leading churches. They're actually not pastors. The gift of pastor is the word poimon. It's used 27 times. This is the only time it's interpreted pastor. The other 26 times it's interpreted what? Somebody got it, shepherd. 26 of the 27 times it's interpreted shepherd. And here it's called pastor. Guess what a person, who is this person with this gift right here? That, what does a shepherd do? He has a heart to look after a group of people. Now I have a gift of pastoring. I'm all, I just look over my flock. I, I care about people. I look over them. But people who've got this gift, they make great deacons. You can put them up and say, these are your people. Look after them. They go, hey, hey man, I'd love to look after these people. They make good home group leaders. There are people that God just puts it in their heart to take care of a group of people like a mother hen. A shepherd is a mother hen that just looks over people's ways and, and they, they have a heart for that thing. Now, a teacher is different. A teacher is a God-given gift to just take the Bible and get the truths of God to people. And when a, tr a true teacher with the gift of teaching, which I do, got that, when they teach, you can see things in the Bible you've never seen before. I've had people say to me, when you teach, it's like putting on glasses. I'll see things I've never seen. Well, that is a spirit gift is to get truth to people. And uh, listen, you, you can have the gift. If you say, I got the gift of teaching, you, you just want to study the Bible. You want people to, you want to help people with God's word. Well, we want you teaching here. We want you teaching Sunday school or small group or some kind of Bible study here. And you got to find your gift. You say, that's not my gift right there, but you got to find your gift. All right, there's one more list. Let's look at it. Turn with me to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12 All right, Romans chapter 12 is the third list. Let's look at what it says. Verse four. And again, some of these overlap. We have many members in one body. All the members do not have the same function. Would you agree? I got a lot of members in my physical body. My liver, my adenoids. I think I still got them. All right, my kidneys do not do what my brain does. My kidneys are much more active at this age than my brain is. 
my kidneys do not do what my brain does. But again, they're not at all alike, but every part of my body serves one purpose, help the boy. We all have different gifts, but we all serve one purpose, help the body, help people. So what it says in verse four, verse five, we being many are one body, individually members, verse six, having then gifts, what? Differing according to the grace that's been given. It's just using, what do you say? I've got a different gift than you do, but I want to use it. And then he lists these gifts. Prophecy, we've already mentioned that. Ministry is actually the same word as helps. Now, let me tell you something. These gifts are not distributed equally. You don't, we need a bunch of people with the gift of helps in a church. Amen. We don't need but one prophet in a church. I mean, I can't take but one. That's all I can stand is somebody telecleaning my clock. We need a lot of exhorters in the church. We need a certain number of, it's not in proportion. Uh, you, you know, you build the body like that. So the Bible mentions ministry. And then the next one it mentions is teaching. We've severed that. He who exhorts and exhortation will take all the exhorters we can get. You know what an exhorter is, don't you? That is a Holy Ghost cheerleader. To exhort people means to speak to them and build them up, honk them on. That is a Holy Ghost cheerleader. These are people, they, they see people, they just want to encourage them and they want them to make it and they know what to say. And listen, it's a spiritual gift. We're not talking about a good attitude. It's a spiritual gift. When they speak, something happens in people's hearts. Now I've got this gift. I can speak to people and they say, you know, just, I feel so much better just talking to you. Well, the scripture, we need a lot of exhorters because our father himself is the great encourager. And this is the Holy Spirit divided into people. And that's the gift of exhortation. If you're one of them people, you just always, you just look at people and you just want them to do better. And you just want to tell them everything's going to be all right. That might be your gift right there. And it's a Holy Spirit gift that we release. The Bible talks about being an exhorter. He who gives, there is a spirit gift of giving. Now everybody can give, but there's a special Holy Spirit gift of giving. And these are the people, they just gravitate toward funding things. They, their heart is so toward having enough money to do great things. Now there's another gift that comes with the gift of giving all the time. What goes with the gift of giving? Yeah, the gift of making. Because you got to make it to give it. And I've known businessmen, well, Frank Harrison, my friend Frank Harrison that was here with us a while back. Frank is the chairman of Coca-Cola and Frank bottles that sugar water for one reason, it is to serve God's purposes in the earth. And he builds churches, he trains preachers, he drills water wells with Coca-Cola money. I said, Frank, you rot these kids' teeth out to fix them kids over in Africa. I said, why don't you work it out with the thing in here? He said, well, we're selling water too along the way. But the deal is that he has a gift, that man has a gift to make money, but his heart bleeds to pay God's bills all over the world. And he just loves, that people just delight in giving. That is the gift of giving. All right, the scripture goes on to mention this. He who leads the gift of administration again. And then the last one, he who shows mercy. Now anybody can have mercy and we should be merciful, but there is a Holy Spirit gift called mercy. And that is when your heart aches for when people are hurting. People going through a hard time, you can't wait to get to them. Your heart is broken by the suffering of people and you just want to get to them and love them and help them and listen to them and you want to do things for them. That's a gift called mercy. Um, you, you don't want the prophet and the mercy in the same room. They'll beat each other to death. But the gift of mercy is when you have a tender heart toward people and, and you just, you bleed toward them. All right, there's the whole list right there. Tell me what yours is. But you got to find your gift in there. I guarantee you one of those things right there that we just read, one of those is yours, probably two or three. 
Now, let me take a minute and tell you how you find your gift. So how do I find my gift? Ask three questions. If you don't know what your gift is, ask three questions. Number one, ask the God who gave it to you. Ask the Father who gave it to you. You know, the Bible said, if you lack wisdom, ask. Do you think, listen, the Bible said that the Holy Spirit of God has put a gift inside of you. He wants you to use it to help people. You think you're going to ask him and him go, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> he who put it in you wants you to find out what it is. And sometimes we stumble with the process. I accidentally found mine. Now, let, let me help you here. Sometimes we stumble across what it is because I was trained in a group of people that there's just one thing that stands in a pulpit and that's a preacher. Preacher, that's it. Everybody's a preacher that gets in a pulpit. You preach. Well, I was going to be a preacher. So I was called to be a preacher. I'll never forget. I'd been preaching <laughs> about two years, my little country church. And I'm visiting a man. He said, you know what? He said, you're really not a preacher. You're a teacher. I got so mad at him. I mean, I didn't show it. I, didn't, I just smiled. I said, Amen. Because you know, we lied to each other back then too. How dare you say I'm not? I am a preacher. I'm a real preacher. I, I was ill with it because you know, I thought a teacher sort of a half a preacher. He pegged me. I am a teacher to the core. I, my deal is to open the Bible and teach it. And I stumbled across it. And when I quit trying to preach and started teaching, it started helping people. So sometimes you stumble across. Ask God what your gift is. Just don't you know it. Number two, here's a second question. Ask yourself what you delight in. What do I love to do? If it's your spiritual gift, you will love to do it. The Bible says this. Scripture says this in uh, Psalm 40, verse 8. I delight to do your will and your assignment for me is written all over my heart. I love to teach the Bible. If, I, somebody asked me the other day, y'all have a plan to replace you when you get older. I said, I hope not. I'm going to do this till the day I fall over. If I have to do it with somebody in my barn, somebody's going to listen to me teach this book. I just love to do this stuff. I love to encourage people. I love to teach the word. I love to get in people's business and shepherd them. I'm going to do this till the day I fall over. I'd pay to do, well, maybe not. <laughs> I love doing this. I love doing this. If you find your spiritual gift, you will love it. If you say in that stupid nursery with them stupid kids because God expects it and you don't know whether to put the diaper on their head or their butt, that's not your thing. <laughs> that's not your gift. Don't you will love your gift. Jesus said, my food is to do the will of my father who sent me. Hebrews 13, 8, I mean 8, 13 says, his assignment is written on your heart. If you got the gift of mercy, you love helping people that are in trouble. If you've got the gift of administration, you love to get things organized. You can't stand to be around people like me. You just love that. Whatever your gift is, you will love it. Just ask yourself, what, am, what do I delight in? What do I really enjoy doing? If I could do anything, what would it be? That's probably your spiritual gift. Third question you ask is this. Since it is a spirit gift, ask this question right here. What do I do that really helps people? If, if the spirit gift is given to edify people, I ask, what do I do that edifies people? What is it that I do that seems to help people more than anything else? What do I do that just really bless? Dear ones, this is not you doing something. This is an actual manifestation of the spirit working through you. And if the spirit's working in there, it'll help people. It'll help. Now, let me help. Let me, dear ones, listen. We've got a lot of people trying to operate outside their gift. And you don't get blessed. You endure people operating outside their gift. For instance, if you, if you want to sing and you've decided your gift is to sing and you want to sing, if you stand up sing and people start running out the back, <laughs> that's not your gift. 
I'm sorry. I remember the old country church days. Somebody get up and say, y'all pray for me while I try to sing this song. And I'm thinking, who's going to pray for me while you try to sing this song? Ah! And then they'd say something like, well, don't listen to the way I sing it. I thought, tell me how. Just listen to the words. I thought, print them. I'll read them. Don't do this to me. If, listen, if you think you're a prophet and you leave a bloody mess behind you, you're not a prophet. If it's, if it's a spirit gift, it will really help people. What do you do that really helps people? Just experiment. Listen, if you teach and people are laying over asleep, that ain't your thing. It's not that I, that I get to do something. It works. The Bible said it is the spirit. It is the manifestation of God's spirit through people. And you'll use it and it'll help people and you'll love it. <clears throat> Let me throw something in here for just a minute. There are a lot of believers that are sort of, they're unfulfilled. They, they are saved. They love God. They got a good life, but something's just unfulfilled down here. You know what that is? Your spiritual gift's not being used. And the Holy Spirit inside of you, he wants to help people. And there's always going to be a frustration right here if you don't use it. If, if I couldn't teach anymore and exhort people and look after people, I could make a living and do it, but that'd be something dead inside of me. Many people are frustrated and empty on the inside because you're not being fulfilled by using what God, the Spirit of God's inside of you and he's frustrated and your spirit's frustrated. He wants to be used. And, and listen, you, you will, when you start using your gift, you'll, have the, you'll just beg people, would you stand still so I can use my gift? You'll just, you'll love it. It'll light you up. That's where a lot of the unfulfillment in the church comes from. People go, listen to a guy use his gift, listen to somebody use their gift, but they don't ever get to use yours. Get the sucker out of the box. Get to using that thing somehow. All righty. It is a spirit gift and it imparts life. Now, let me, let me say something here. Every gift is important. I'm going to finish with this. We sort of got, we've gotten the American competitive thing into the church. And we said, well, that's big time right there, but this is no big deal. That is not scriptural. I think I've got something inside of me called a liver. I've never seen it. I've, I've seen a picture of livers and to be honest with you, they're pretty ugly. And I'm not eating anybody's liver. That ain't happening. God bless you if you do. You can have mine. That ain't happening. I've never seen it. It's ugly. But I need that sucker. And the boy has trouble functioning without his liver. Till we start seeing church like that, we'll never figure out why God put it together like he did. Got to have the gifts working in the church. Every one. I want you to see that in scripture. Every gift is important. Look with me in 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12. Let's look back over there. First Corinthians 12. That'll go good on the... Yes, sir. Here, put, that, put this on the camera. That'll be good. That'd be good. I guess what one of my spiritual gifts is. First Corinthians 12. I want you to look at me in verse 14. In fact, the body's not one member, it's many. And if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body, does that mean it's not of the body? How many of you agree with that? Your foot cops attitude, he's not a hand, so he's not a part of the body. Isn't that stupid? 
right? If the ear should say, I'm, I'm, I'm not of the body, is it there? I'm not an eye, is that not of the, is that right? Verse 17, if the whole body was an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body was hearing, where would the smelling be? Verse 17 is a picture of the American church. We got just a few gifts operating and that's why we're so puny because the gifts are not operating. People are not doing their thing. If the only thing that worked on me was my eye and my right hand, would I be a pathetic sucker or what? I need everything in this body functioning to help the boy. I need every gift in this church functioning to serve the people and to help the people. And uh, that's why every gift's important. I want to quit by saying this. Contrary to American competition, there is no comp competition in the body of Christ. There are no big shots and no little shots. There, there are no super, we've got this superstar thing in the church and that's not right. The Bible said in verse 23, those members of the body which we, what? Think to be less honorable, on them we bestow greater honor. See, there's, the Bible doesn't say some parts are not as important as others. It says we think that way, but it's not true. Now, see, the deal is we, we uh, I, I'm the, I'm the, I am the chief bishop over this church. I'm actually the set elders, my thing. And my gift is teaching and that's what I do. But let me tell you, we have a guy that goes to our church here. His name's Bob. And Bob is the custodian for our church. And he doesn't just do this for a job. Bob does it because he loves God. He's a member of our church. He works, he serves on our greeting team here. He, he takes care of this place because he loves God and he loves you and he does a great job. Now see, a lot of people think, well, you know, the preacher's the star and the custodian's not the star. That's ungodly. That's unscriptural thinking. The hand cannot say to the foot, I don't need you. And those members that we think are not as big shot, on them we bestow greater honor because the comely members don't need, I don't need you to tell me I'm a star. I need you to tell the folks in the nursery how much you appreciate what they're doing. So do you understand this? We can't have this American, well, that's a, see, for instance, I would love to have the gift of the word of knowledge. I'd love to let folks know I know things from God that nobody else knows. Probably why I don't have it. And people that have a gift of helps, they, they just want to clean up and serve and help. They say, well, that's no big deal. You cannot say because I'm not a hand, I'm not a big shot. You can't say that. Every part's important. What happens when we get this American superstar stuff in the church? Then we start saying, well, that one's a big one and mine's not. That's ungodly. Then what do you happen? Verse 27 says this. Uh, verse 25, then there, that there should be no schism in the body. We don't want division in the body. We want every gift functioning and nobody's a big shot. And nobody's a little shot. You got me? Now, what did it say? If the foot should say, I'm not a hand, therefore I'm not a big shot. Is that stupid or what? What if I had mutiny in my own body? What if my foot cops attitude? How come the hand gets to be seen and I don't? Hand gets to wave and make them gestures. Hand gets to point. People see, hand gets to wear the ring. He sticks me down inside this shoe where nobody ever gets to see what I look like. I mean, the hand gets to weigh. Everybody sees the hand. Everybody thinks the hand's so pretty up there. Nobody knows what I look like. He hides me. He must think I'm ugly down here. I'll just, well, I'm even though my foot goes on mutiny, I'm in trouble because I need the sucker to hold me up. I can't point at you if I can't stand up. So the hand gets a bad attitude. And now we've got a schism in the body. The foot's got a bad attitude. Now the hand's ill because the foot's talking about the hand and the foot wants to be, fine. You want to be happy? We'll just do that. So the foot gets mad because nobody ever sees what it's getting to do up there. So we'll just take you out here. We'll just let everybody see what you're up to there and let them know that you're important. You're just as important as everybody else. There, right there. How's that? See the whole deal? 
And here, since you don't ever get to wear the ring, we'll just put the ring on you too. Now you got the ring on there. Does everybody say that? Woo, is that good or what? Is that not the stupidest thing you ever heard in your life? That's exactly what we're doing in our church. We're letting this worldly thinking get in there. Oh, that's a big shot, but I just work in the nursery or, or whatever. I'm just a deacon. That's nonsense. Every part doing its share. Everybody. Now, I think I'll just stay down here if you don't mind. Every part doing its share. What's your spiritual gift? You've got to find your spiritual gift. Take some time and find it. I, found, I stumbled across mine. Number one, I'd been taught they didn't exist anymore. They exist. And I was trying to help people in my own energy as a young preacher, trying to imitate. Finally, the Lord said, son, I don't need Billy Graham Jr. I need Brian Bigger Sr. I need you to find out what I've called you to do. And I don't need you to imitate anybody. Find out what I've called you to do. And I began to identify my spiritual gifts of teaching, exhortation, and discernment and began to use them. And here's what I've learned also. Don't try to do what you're not supposed to do. Just, I'll be right back. Do what he, see, if the foot don't do right, then you're in trouble. Do what he's called you to do. I need everybody here doing their thing. You will delight in it and people need the help. Every member function, every part of it in there. Are you ready? Yeah. All right, Lord Jesus, we love you and praise you and thank you for your goodness. I want to take time and pray for every person in here. Father, we've so stuck on the American model that they got a great choir or band or, and that guy talks and we go hear him. Your word said the body is a body and every member doing its part. I pray for every person in this room that you will identify what you put in them that you didn't put in other people. And they'll find a place to use that thing. And if, Lord, if they're called, if they love to teach, get them up here teaching something. If, they, if, they're, if their gift is helps, get them in a slot where they can use that. If their gift is mercy, turn them loose in this house. Whatever their gift is, whatever the gifting is, I want people to know how much fun it is to use that gift. I want them to see you help people through their gift and them know, I didn't do that. That was God right there. I want them to know the joy of it. I trust you for that. Thank you for your goodness. Lord Jesus, <laughs> I confess it is a long way from the American model of church to the New Testament model, but let's do it. Let's do it. I, I have the faith to believe that you can build a church where every part does its part and functions like that. I trust you for that. In the precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. And amen. Before you leave, this is our last day for shoeboxes. We've got to collect our shoeboxes. Got to get them to them cheerings all over the world and bless them kids with them. And so if you've got shoeboxes, get them in. Thanks to all of you who helped us with the shoebox ministry. That's going to be a blast there. I want to point something out to you. On your bulletin right here, you may need it or you may know somebody needs it. Right here, beautiful redemption. This is one of our great ministries here. It's to minister to girls who have been through abortion. And if the numbers hold true, a large percentage of women sitting in this room have been there. And from what counselors tell me, it's one of the great griefs through life. This is a ministry and every girl that works in it has been there. And it's a tremendous ministry to help. So if you need it, it's very confidential. It's very protected. And you can get a lot of help right here from these ladies. So I would encourage you, if you need it, use it. Or if you know somebody could use help with it. And that's always here. But I just wanted to point it out today. And it's a wonderful help for folks. Also, this is Thanksgiving week. Does anybody here have anything to be thankful for? Yeah. 
All right. One of the great things, one of the big times we have, we have our Thanksgiving service here, Wednesday night, seven o'clock right here. You can hear some of the great stories of what God has done in people's lives this past year. I always look forward to this. So we'll have a great time. Come be with us Wednesday night at seven o'clock. I expect you to be functioning in your gift by the time you get back next Sunday. I sure do. Now listen, I'm still the preacher preacher here. I'm going to be doing the preaching. So you ain't taking my job, but find you one. You can get involved in the middle of it and have a big time. Let's stand and be dismissed. Lord Jesus, we love you and praise you and thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the kindness of the Lord in, in our lives. Thank you that you not only forgave us, drew us close to your side, became a friend and a father and the love of our souls, but you put us in a place where we could be cared for and we could care for people. Dear Jesus, it's in my heart to pray, light people up when they start serving other people with what you gave them. I trust you for that. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.